Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about how does money printing work? Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All right, we are back with another episode, uh, Ask Philip podcast. And what I wanted to do is walk through today of uh, of how money printing actually works. I've referenced it multiple times in the in the episode, and I wanted to make sure that I uh, waited to do this episode until I went through all the guts of the system and can break it down simply in in, in ten minutes or less. And so, and so here it is, right? So, so whenever you we talk about money printing, right, which is you know also called quantitative easing, which has been happening since since the '08 crisis. What what the and, and there also is multiple forms. So the first form that was done, you know, since 2008 uh, and done through the Federal Reserve Central Bank is basically creating an at you know creating. Uh, treasury assets, bank reserves, and swapping those reserves with the bank for bank assets. And and part of it, I'm going to oversimplify y'all, so to keep it simple. But for example, you know, the problem with, you know, 2008 was the banks had accumulated a bunch of bad liabilities on the, on the balance sheets, which are those uh, derivatives that they had on their balance sheets. And that was impairing their ability to lend because a banking institution is the is the cornerstone of an economy and the the core of how money is created is really through uh, banks lending. Meaning, a bank can have a, a a million dollars of you know of like dollars in the bank, right? Which is which is one form of of, of a reserve asset. And then there's also other assets they can lend against. If you've ever like borrowed money and the bank asks you for collateral, right? There's you know, you can get collateral on cash, you can get collateral on stocks, treasury bonds, other things. But, you know, for simplicity purposes, just say if a bank has, a, you know, a million dollars worth of collateral uh, that's considered safe and high quality, they can uh, they can lend out 10. The regulators and uh, decide what the reserve ratios are. But let's let's for now call it um, they got a million dollars of collateral. They can lend out 10. Right. So they, they they're able to create, you know, the extra nine million through factional reserve lending right and that's a whole process but just understand that's that's how the creation of money happens and so what the fed does is they created these uh, treasury reserve assets and they said hey for example you guys have a million dollars of this stuff you want to get off your balance sheet that's not so great at the, you know this, i'm talking about 2008 why don't we swap that we'll take that and we'll give you this million dollars of pristine collateral which which now gives you uh, which cleans out your balance sheet over time and allows you to potentially you know lend lend more, and so whenever you hear about quantitative eating monthly, you know Fed buying they're buying assets from financial institutions, you know every month to give them more assets on their balance sheet. So most people would think, well, man, they've given them so much money on their balance sheet. Why is the economy still growing relatively slow? Which you see, which you've seen in bond rates, which have been low for. Uh, relatively low for over a decade. Well, it's because banks are for-profit institutions and they're only going to lend out money 
when they think they can make money. But when you have a world that already has way too much debt, <laughs> it's over leveraged, then they're like, well, we don't really, we can't really like lend out as much as, uh, as much as y'all want us to lend out to get the economy going because there's just not that much economic activity to lend to, right? So, so then you get them lending money to corporations, which have assets uh, and, and income, and they just do buybacks, which is what they've done over years. And that's, you know, help cost stock prices go up. You have a lot of people that just own treasury bonds because there's nowhere to, to lend, you know, th- and the, the, the treasury bond rate going down, which means more people owning long-term government bonds is because of, that's a reflection of uh, money being tighter in, in other parts of the economy. So if, 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 if the collective investors thought that they could uh, find better returns investing in other places, then they wouldn't buy treasury bonds and those yields would go up to entice more money. But when they're going down, it's showing that people are like, hey, I don't, I don't really see much to lend to, so I'm gonna, like, just buy treasury bonds and, uh, and, and keeps, you know, and keep these reserves. Uh, and I'm think, talking in bank terms, keep these reserves at the Fed and earn the the low Fed rate. And so this is why you, again, you haven't seen a lot of inflation, a lot of economic activity, because that part of the money printing, whenever they uh, create the treasury reserve asset and give it to the banks. They rely. They they need the banks to actually now go lend it out, and they just haven't lent it out as much as they have historically. Because again, the world's over indebted. Uh, money printing too is when they just like print money and hand out checks to people, which is uh, what they did during COVID. And you saw that when they did that, that created a uh, you know a spike of um, of inflation that we're seeing now because people had money to go buy things. It you, it didn't need to go through the banking institution system. It went straight to the people. And the people spent it, and that created a a short term burst in inflation. Now those checks are drying up, and you've been seeing bond yields fall back down again because, you know, that's a temporary spike in inflation. It didn't didn't people thought that we were gonna go back to normal growth, but that wasn't the case because they they have to keep on printing those checks and giving them to us uh, as the people so that we could print more money because the banks are like we're still not lending. We're still playing a conservative, um, and so y- you want to understand what type of money printing is happening because that leads you to which types of assets you want to own in your portfolio. But the long-term trend of the global system is the system is way too over-indebted, and it's going to take a long time for the system to work out uh, that debt. On the opposite side of that, you have the government's understanding in order to wipe out the debt, we can default, which they're not going to do. Or we could figure out a way to create inflation, which is the solution we know that it's going to work. If you understand finances, we got to figure out how to print more money and give it to the people so they can create inflation, which allows us to, you know, pay back our money with uh, with money that's worth less. But the but the debt is fixed, right? So if you have fixed debt interest rates, but you are able to create more inflation, which makes the value of the money go down, you're able to pay back your already fixed debts with money that's worth less. And it's a it's a beautiful way to for them to cleanse the system. The the that the downside is if you own the wrong assets in that scenario, um, you also get watered down. So it's a you know it's a it it becomes a game theory, right? You, you understand how the government fixes it, but you also understand what the current circumstances is uh, for the economy, and you and you play your hand accordingly. Which again, that's the reason why I like in the current economic environment, growth stocks. You know, uh, I love Bitcoin for. The reason why it's a great, it kind of works in both scenarios. It, it it works in the scenario where we growth continues to be slow, and you have the economic system of 
uh, crypto getting bigger and it's growing fast. So in a slow growing world, you want fast growing uh, economies. It's a fast growing economy. And then also if there's uh, if there's inflation, Bitcoin is also in the big in the inflation spikes acted as a hedge against those spikes. So it, it's it kind of works on both uh, both scenarios. Um, real estate also uh, does relatively well uh, in both scenarios. But yeah, that's that's how money printing works. In the next episode that I'm going to do on Friday, we're going to dig more into the Bitcoin topic and, and why it works in both scenarios because you also have a financial system that is losing its credit worthiness as a new system is being built. So until tomorrow, y'all enjoy your day. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.